You would think that after 20 plus years, Joseph would be excited to see his brothers, and he was. But he went about showing his excitement in a very weird way. In this episode, Joseph will accuse his brothers of being spies, liars, thieves, and then throw them into the dungeon. All this will happen as Joseph is moved within to be reunited with his family. Welcome to the History of the Bible Podcast. Episode 14, Perfectly Reunited-ish. In this episode, we'll be reading chapters 42 through 45 in Genesis. After rising to power, Joseph gathered so much grain that it couldn't be counted. That way, when the famine came, after seven years of abundance, the land of Egypt was ready for it. However, none of the other surrounding countries were ready. Even Jacob and his family in the land of Canaan were affected by the famine. In the second year of the famine, Jacob rebukes his sons for being lazy and asks why they had not gone down to Egypt to purchase food yet. The whole family knew that they had grain available in Egypt. Therefore, Jacob commands his sons to go down to Egypt to purchase grain for them. Otherwise, they would all die of starvation. With that, ten of Jacob's sons head down to Egypt to purchase food for the whole family. But Benjamin, Joseph's full younger brother, stayed with Jacob so that the boy would not come to harm. So the brothers left to go down to Egypt to purchase food. But neither them nor Joseph was expecting what happened next. It was Joseph's job to sell grain to the people. So when his brothers all came down to purchase food from him, he immediately recognized them. But Joseph didn't let his brothers know that it was him. Rather, he continued to act like a stranger to them. When his brothers came to bow down before him, Joseph immediately remembered his dreams from over 20 years prior to this. After seeing his brothers, Joseph accuses them of being spies in the land to see the country's vulnerability. In Genesis 42 verse 9, it says in some translations that they have come out to spy the nakedness of the land, whereas the Greek translation literally means footprints. But both are referring to them coming to the land of Egypt to see the vulnerable parts of the country and which path would be best for traveling. With the land of Egypt being the only country to have food, it could have caused some countries to try and take the food by force. The brothers reply to Joseph by saying that they are not spies, but honest men that have come to purchase food for their families. They explain that they are twelve brothers in total, but that one has died and the other one is at home with their father. Although Joseph knows that they aren't spies, he decides to test whether or not what the brothers were saying was true. He says that they will not leave until the youngest brother comes down to Egypt. This alone would prove that they are telling the truth. He would allow for one of the brothers to leave while the rest would be placed in prison until the freed brother brought Benjamin down to Egypt. So for three days, Joseph locks them all up. After the three days in prison, Joseph says that he has changed his mind. He would allow all but one of the brothers to go back to the land of Canaan so that they could bring food back to their households and then bring Benjamin back to Joseph. Only then would the one who would be held would be freed. This may have been so that Joseph could see if their loyalty for their fellow brother was there or would they let him die. When the brothers heard this, they began to feel the guilt of what they had done to Joseph all those years ago. They said to one another that because they turned away and did not listen to Joseph when he begged them not to sell him, they were now receiving the same distress that Joseph felt. Therefore, they thought that they were now receiving the consequences for their actions. All of this was said in front of Joseph not knowing that he understood them, 
The whole time that Joseph spoke to them, it was through an interpreter. When Joseph hears his brother speaking, he can't help but feel overwhelmed and goes away from them to cry. And after gathering himself together, Joseph then went back to his brothers to set almost all of them free to go back to their families in the land of Canaan. Simeon would be the brother that stays back. But before they leave, Joseph gives the command to have their sacks full of grain be filled with the money that they brought. And the brothers wouldn't notice this until they made camp and went to feed their donkeys. Once they get back to Canaan, they would retell the events to their father Jacob saying that they are not allowed to trade in the land until they bring their youngest brother, Benjamin, to Egypt. The brothers empty each of their sacks of grain and discover that all of their money is in them. To this, Jacob cries out that he has lost Joseph and Simeon, and now they want to take Benjamin too. Reuben tries to convince his father to let Benjamin go with them, by even offering his own two sons as a sacrifice that could be killed if he didn't return him, but to no avail. Jacob said that if anything were to happen to Benjamin, it would kill him. After all the food was consumed, Jacob tells his sons to go back to Egypt to purchase more grain for them. However, Judah this time stands up to their father and says that they will not go down there without Benjamin because Joseph had swore to them that they wouldn't see his face until Benjamin was with them. In Genesis 42 verse 20, it says that Joseph threatens them with death if they wouldn't bring their youngest brother down to Egypt. Jacob then complains about why his sons would tell the man in Egypt so much about the family. But the brothers say that he was asking specific questions about their family. Judah then tells their father that if he doesn't bring Benjamin back, that he alone will bear the guilt for not bringing him home to their father. Jacob finally allows for Benjamin to go with his brothers to Egypt. Now Benjamin wasn't a young boy, as some may think. He was probably somewhere in his 20s or 30s. Before Jacob sends them off, though, he tells them to bring some of the fruits of the land down to Egypt. In Genesis 43 verse 11, it says that they should take the best fruits down to Egypt. The word best or choice actually means praiseworthy or to sing about. This would mean that the fruits that Jacob sent down with his sons were literally sung about. However, it could also mean strength. Both would be used to refer to the land's best produce. Some of the fruits of the land that the brothers would bring down with them were balm, honey, spices, myrrh, pistachios, and almonds. It is thought that the honey that they were to bring was not that from bees or date trees, as would already be common in Egypt, but actually grape honey. It would be made from boiling down the juice from the grapes. It then could be diluted with water that would make a drink or something that could be spread onto bread to eat. The pistachio and almonds did not grow well in Egypt, as they were more suited for the dry, rocky land. The other gifts were the same things that the Ishmaelites carried with them to sell in Egypt when they purchased Joseph from his brothers. All of these fruits from the land were not found in Egypt, therefore they would be a treat to the Egyptians, especially with the famine happening. Also with the gifts that they were bringing, their father told them to bring double the money as well. When the brothers get to Egypt and Joseph sees Benjamin, he commands his household steward to bring them to the house and slaughter an animal for an afternoon meal. But when the brothers get to Joseph's house, they didn't think they were being invited as guests, but as soon-to-be slaves in his house. Out of fear, before entering the doorway to the house, the brothers went to the steward and tried to explain to him that they had no idea about the money that was in their sacks on the first journey down. 
informing the steward that they brought the money back as well as extra to purchase more food again. The steward, though, just reassured them that their God had blessed them with treasures and not to fear for their God was with them. And with that, the steward goes to release Simeon from prison. When they had heard that at noon Joseph would come home to eat the meal with them, they prepared their gifts for his arrival. That way when he came home they would be able to give it to him. When Joseph arrives at the house, the brothers bow down before him with their gifts in their hands. This would be a fulfillment of the dream that Joseph had so many years ago, where his eleven brothers come with their gifts and bow down before Joseph. He then would ask them about their father, making sure that he was still alive and well, to which they replied that he is alive and well. During this conversation with them, he saw Benjamin, and while asking if this was the youngest brother, he blessed him, saying that may God be gracious to him. For Joseph, the last time that he saw his younger brother was when Benjamin was probably around the age of eight or nine, and yet here he stands before Joseph as a full-grown man. But Joseph couldn't hold down the emotions in seeing his younger brother. He left the room and went to his chamber and cried. Once he had washed his face, he called on the meal to be served. In Genesis 43 verse 32, it says that all the brothers sat by themselves, Joseph sat by himself, and then the Egyptians sat by themselves as well. It also says that the Egyptians saw it as an abomination to eat with the Jews. Now Joseph probably sat by himself because of the authority that he held. In ancient times it was common for the person in authority to eat by themselves to distinguish between the ranks. However, the reason that the Egyptians and the brothers did not eat together was because the Egyptians saw it as an abomination to eat with them, most likely for religious reasons. It wasn't just because they were Hebrew either. The Egyptians treated most foreigners this way. Even if a foreign country's eating utensil was used, the Egyptians considered the food to be unclean. When the brothers came to sit down, they were placed in order from oldest to youngest. When the brothers were seated to eat, they were amazed. Not only was it an important thing to place the oldest at the seat of honor, but for Joseph to place them in order of birth correctly blew them away. The chances of a complete stranger guessing their order of birth correctly was extremely small. Also, a quick side note, in Egypt, it was common for them to sit down at a table to eat their meal, whereas for the Hebrews, it was common to sit on the floor to eat their meal. When the food was served, a great feast was given to them. However, Benjamin was served five times the amount that was given to the rest. The amount of food that was given to someone was a sign of honor and friendship. Although it is thought by some that Joseph may have done this to see if his brothers were still envious of the younger sibling being honored the most. Being much more relaxed, the brothers freely ate and drank with their host. During the feast, Joseph told his household steward to fill the men's sack with as much food that could be held. Also, he had him put their money back into the sacks with the food. However, this time, Joseph would have the steward put his silver cup into the food sack of Benjamin's. The next morning, the brothers were sent on their way with their animals back to the land of Canaan. They hadn't gotten very far from the city when Joseph told his steward to go to them. Joseph then told his steward what to say when he caught up with them. In Genesis 44 verse 4, Joseph told his steward to say, Why have you repaid evil for good? He was then to call them out for stealing his master's cup, saying that it was such an evil thing that they had done, and informing them that the cup that they had stole was used for divination. Therefore the steward did just as Joseph told him to do. 
And when the brothers heard of these accusations, they were taken back and surprised, saying that if any of them had stole the cup, let him be put to death. Not only do they say that the man who stole it would be put to death, the rest of them would become Joseph's slaves. However, the steward told them that only the one with the cup would become a slave. The rest would be allowed to go freely back to the land of Canaan. And with that, the steward began to search for each of the brother's sacks, starting with the oldest and working his way down to the youngest, to which, as planned, the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. When the brothers saw this, they tore their clothes, a sign of great distress in those days. Loading up their donkeys, they all headed back to the city. At Joseph's house, they fell before him on the ground. Joseph asked them a rhetorical question of how could they not have known that he practiced divination? When Joseph tells his brothers that he practiced divination, he did not practice magic. Those are two different things. Although the lines between the two can get blurred, Divination is just the practice of predicting the future, whereas magic is used to influence the present or future events for good or bad. This can be a contradictive thing in the Bible, because throughout it, the Bible condemns divination, and in Deuteronomy 18 verse 12, it says that it is an abomination to the Lord. So why is Joseph claiming to be practicing divination? We do know that Joseph served the one true God his whole life. In ancient history, it was very common in culture to have people that practiced divination. Even Laban used divination to discover that he was made rich because of Jacob working for him. So the practice was not new to Joseph or his brothers. Divination was also used in service. In Egypt, it was very common for divination to be used to help with the country, to serve the king, or to help everyday life for individuals. Therefore, for Joseph to say that he practiced divination would not surprise the brothers. But why would he use it? The way a divination cup was used was by a person looking into the cup filled with water intently, and then they would interpret the movement of the water to discover the will of the gods. But Joseph had his cup itself placed inside the food sack of Benjamin to use as evidence against him. Now the Bible never says that Joseph used the cup. It could have been something that he had just in the house because it was very common for a noble Egyptian to have this type of cup. However, if Joseph actually used it as a divination cup, he probably wouldn't have used something of that type of value to be tossed into a sack for evidence, because the value spiritually and financially of the cup was very high. But if that type of item was stolen, the punishment for that crime would be very great in the Egyptian culture. Another thing is that the cup could have actually been used for divination. Although Joseph wouldn't be using it like the rest of culture, seeking the will of false gods, he would have used it in search of the will of the one true God. And though it was rare, there were some cases in the Bible where physical objects were used to discover the will of God. For example, the casting of lots and the use of the Urim and Thummim were used by priests. Other things such as a fleece that was used by Gideon in Judges 6 verses 36 through 40. Although objects were not used very much, there were some cases where God allowed for physical objects to be used to help determine his will. On top of the cup being said to be used for divination, Joseph himself told his brothers that he practiced divination, although nothing about the cup is mentioned. In Genesis 44 verse 15, Joseph goes on to tell his brothers that he used divination to discover the truth about who stole the cup, even though he placed it in the sack. Not all people that practiced divination used an object. 
Dreams were used in ancient cultures as a way for a person to divine or to predict the future, especially if they could interpret dreams. Throughout the Bible, dreams are used to tell the future of a coming event. Joseph had two dreams, the baker and cupbearer, Pharaoh, King Nebuchadnezzar with Daniel, and many other times, God speaks to people through dreams. However, dreams are a real way for God to speak to people. To the pagan or non-believing culture of Joseph's time, it would have been seen as someone that was able to divine. Even when Pharaoh and his court saw Joseph divining his dream, he gave God the glory for being able to interpret the dream. Therefore, when Joseph tells his brother that he was able to divine, it was an event that he planned out. So it was probably just him using it to raise the stakes even higher for his brothers. So when the brothers came before Joseph, it was Judah that spoke up, as he was the one that made the promise to their father to keep Benjamin safe. Judah tells Joseph that they have all come back to be his slaves, but Joseph tells him that only the one with the cup will be a slave and the rest are free to go. Judah, though, was not backing down. He came before Joseph and explained the whole situation to him saying that if Benjamin doesn't go back home with them, that it would bring about their father's death, as his life was wrapped up in Benjamin's. So instead, Judah offers himself in place of Benjamin to allow for him to go back to their father and to keep Judah as a slave instead. With this plea from Judah, Joseph could no longer hold himself together, commanding for everyone except his brothers to leave the place. And with that, Joseph began to cry. In Genesis 45 verse 2, it says that he wept so loudly that the Egyptians that were outside of the room were able to hear him, and those that heard him brought the news to Pharaoh about Joseph being reunited with his brothers. Joseph reassures him that what they intended for evil by selling him was used for good by God because he was sent before them to save them and their families' lives. With that, he sends all of his brothers back to get their father and to tell him of all the things that God had done for him. He invites them to land in the land of Goshen, the land of Goshen was on the eastern side of the Nile Delta. Goshen means of Arabia. The region is next to the Sinai border, which is rich in pasture lands. In those times, the Egyptian government allowed the Semitic tribes, which is any people group from Southwest Asia, as they were descendants of Shem, such as the Israelites, the Canaanites, the Arabs, the Akkadians, and the tribes along the Mesopotamian region, all belonged to the descendants of Shem and would be considered the Semitic tribes. These groups of people would be allowed to pasture their lands in the land of Goshen. The land would later be called the land of Ramses. When those in Pharaoh's household heard the news about Joseph and his brothers being reunited, they rejoiced, and the Pharaoh commanded Joseph to send for his father and his household and to bring them into the land of Egypt so that they could live off the richness of the land. Only, instead of just commanding that they come to the land of Egypt, Pharaoh has Joseph send wagons up with his brothers so that they can bring all of their families down. When sending the brothers away, Joseph provides them each with a change of garment. However, Benjamin was given five change of garments and 300 pieces of silver. Gifts of clothing in ancient history is a sign or a symbol of honor. And with that, he sends them off with one last word of saying not to fight with each other along the way. In essence, Joseph was telling them that there was no reasons to fight amongst each other as to who was wrong in selling Joseph, basically telling them that they had nothing to fear because of the past. When the brothers got back to their father in the land of Canaan, they told him of the news that Joseph was alive, and not only was he alive, he was the ruler of Egypt. At first, Jacob didn't believe them, 
And in Genesis 45 verse 26, it says that his heart became numb because he didn't believe them. The news that the sons brought back to their father was so surprising to him that he couldn't dare to believe that it was true. Otherwise, he would have been crushed by the renewed sense of the loss of his son. It wasn't until he saw the wagons and gifts from Egypt that he believed his sons. And with that, he decided to move his whole family down to Egypt to see his long-lost son before dying. So join us next time in episode 15, Back Together Again, as Jacob and his family traveled down to be reunited with his son, who is now the ruler of Egypt. Thanks for listening to the History of the Bible podcast. Go ahead and rate and review it, and be sure to follow and subscribe to the show. For ways to give feedback or to let us know how this podcast has impacted you, check out the links in the show notes. Also, be sure to tell your friends and family. Thanks. Until next time, remember you are loved, special, and worthwhile.